Welcome to the latest episode of Spotlight, a PEI media podcast that explores the latest topics in private markets investing. I'm Adam Lay, news editor for Private Equity International, and with me today is Augustin Duhamel, managing director at Preferred Equity Specialist 17 Capital. Augustin, welcome. Thank you. Good morning, Adam. Um, so preferred equity is a term that we're increasingly hearing about uh, in private markets, um, yet it's, it's not really the easiest uh, concept to, to understand for a lot of people. Um, for anybody who doesn't know uh, much about preferred mm. equity, could you give us a sort of um, walkthrough of, of, of what the strategy is? Sure. Preferred equity is a source of uh, capital that typically sits between debt and uh, common equity. It's a uh, instrument that has been used at uh, company level for uh, a number of years or a number of decades. And when we talk about preferred equity in our space at 17 Capital, we talk about applications to financing of portfolios of private equity assets as opposed to uh, direct companies. So uh, 17 Capital strategy is new to the sense, uh, in the sense that it has developed an existing tool to a new market which we have developed, which we started in 2008 when we started 17 Capital and which we have developed since over the last 11 years now. Mm. So, so preferred equity is obviously, um, it's, it's a trench in the, the capital structure and that's been used in, in financial markets for, for decades. Um, but 17 Capital is, is using it, uh, applying it in, in a different way to, to private markets. That's correct. It's a tranche of uh, financing that has some uh, uh, level of seniority over the cash flows from the uh, underlying assets. In our case, from a portfolio of private equity holdings. And that seniority allows to capture cash flows before the equity uh, until a preferred return is served. And depending on the level of the preferred return, there may or may not be an additional share of the upside for the preferred equity investor. Uh, we are applying that to uh, portfolios of assets, either concentrated portfolios, uh, say three to four holdings into direct companies, or uh, much more diversified portfolios uh, where we can see situations uh, where we invest with uh, 10, 50 uh, LP positions into underlying funds. Could you maybe walk us through how a typical deal would work? Maybe you know, in, in your mind, a, a sort of plain vanilla deal. Who are the parties involved? Um, you know, what, what are we looking at? How does a transaction start? And what's the sort of end goal there? So who are the counterparties? Anyone who has access to cash flows from a portfolio of private equity assets. Uh, that means, in our world, that means uh, either limited partners, investors in the funds, that means uh, the funds themselves, uh, and that means the GPs in their capacity as investors in the funds they manage. All those people have access to the underlying cash flows. Um, when a transaction starts, there's no typical transaction as such. Oh. Um, you, can th you can say that people are looking for financing for typically two reasons. Either they want to accelerate the liquidity of their portfolios or they want to invest more into their portfolios. And in those circumstances, preferred equity is a very useful and powerful tool. Now, if people are looking to accelerate liquidity, typically they would have the option of selling 
Mm -hmm. And uh, for that purpose, the secondary market is quite efficient. Mm -hmm. So they could sell their, their stakes or their assets on the secondary market Absolute, get cash? A absolutely. Uh, and uh, the secondary market is very efficient for that purpose. Uh, it has uh, developed pretty fast over the past decade. It's still growing extremely fast. Mm. 80 uh, billion dollar market now, I guess. That's what we hear, absolutely. Having said that, you have a lot of people who are looking to uh, accelerate liquidity or raise equity on the back of their portfolio who are non-sellers. And those people are uh, typically the people who would raise preferred equity with a view to, one, retaining the ownership of the underlying portfolios, uh, two, retaining the upside after serving a preferred return. Uh, if you think of uh, somebody selling on the on the secondary market, even even if they sell at 100% of net asset value, they would still sell 100% of the upside. There are some people who uh, want to keep that upside for themselves. Mm. And that's where a preferred equity solution can be uh, relevant. So if I'm an LP, how can I use preferred equity? One example I'm, I'm thinking of is a limited partner in the US who is looking to uh, generate liquidity on the back of their portfolio, but not necessarily to sell it. Uh, they had actually sliced their portfolio into three uh, categories. Uh, one, they wanted to sell on the secondary market, which they did. Mm. One, they wanted to uh, keep without touching it, mm -hmm. which they did as well. And a portion of their portfolio where they wanted to uh, extract partial liquidity. And uh, that's where uh, we worked on uh, more than uh, 30 LP lines. And uh, we transferred, transferred those uh, into uh, an SPV where we uh, uh, bought a preferred equity tranche that gave liquidity to the LP upfront. Mm. But at the same time, a portion of the transaction was available for them to draw over time so that if they wanted more liquidity, they could uh, call upon our commitment to generate that additional liquidity. And uh, what I'm saying here is that it gave them more flexibility than a traditional sale because it gave them some liquidity now and the option to get more as and when They needed it. So in that specific example, um, the, the institution wanted some liquidity from a portion of their portfolio. You moved those assets into an SPV mm -hmm. and then gave the SPV some cash. Right, yes. And then the institution... We became a, we became a senior limited partner into the SPV. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the institution uh, could get liquidity from that cash that you had provided mm -hmm. and use that for whatever purposes. Whatever purposes. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. to be honest, I don't know what they used it for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a portion that they could draw down uh, at a later date. Correct. Okay. Yes. Yes. And then the cash flows from that SPV, initially they go to the preferred equity issuer, is that correct? That's exactly it. We have a senior position into, uh, into the portfolio, so the first cash flows first go to us, up to a certain point after which they go to the equity holder. Mm -hmm. and, and after the issuer has received um, their initial, the principal back, uh, plus uh, the return that they need to make, what happens to the cash flows after that? They all go to the equity, it's very simple. It all goes back to the original uh, to portfolio? The, to the original investor, yes. Investor, I see. There are also people who are looking to raise capital uh, with a preferred equity solution. Here you're talking to people who have built a portfolio over a certain period of time where the portfolio still needs more time to mature and to generate returns and where the portfolio sometimes needs also more capital to, uh, to develop, uh, usually to fund follow-on uh, investments, for instance. And that's where preferred equity solution can be relevant 
coming senior to the existing equity that has initially financed the portfolio at a cost of capital that is lower with the seniority that comes with it. Uh, and that helps uh, increase the returns of the equity eventually. So it's, it's a bit of a strange question, but obviously the term preferred equity refers to equity. Yes. So we're not talking about debt here, are we? No, we, we are talking about an equity strategy. We are talking, some people uh, would qualify, qualify it as quasi-equity. And why is that? Uh, because typically a preferred equity financing does not have a repayment date. A preferred equity mm-hmm. financing does not have cash interest. It does not have covenants. And more importantly, it does not have security over the underlying assets, meaning that if things do not go as planned, as it can happen, Mm. we all know that, Mm. the preferred equity investor has no uh, way to accelerate repayment. And the only thing that the preferred equity investor is to uh, uh, sit alongside its counterparty, where there's a full alignment there, uh, as opposed to a debt provider who would exercise security, sell the assets to get repaid. So that's really an intermediate source of funding between the equity and the debt. And as a matter of fact, a preferred equity tranche can be junior to an existing debt tranche, for instance. So we have done uh, a number of transactions where there was an existing senior debt piece on the balance sheet of the portfolio, and we came junior to that senior debt. Mm-hmm. In, in terms of risk, does it carry both types of characteristics from equity and debt, or is it closer to, to one or, or the other? In terms of risks, it's a senior type of investment, which means that there is some downside protection for the preferred equity investor. Typically, uh, we think in terms of asset cover. If you invest 50 into a portfolio that's worth 100, you have a two times asset cover or the equivalent of a 50% loan to value. That means your value of the underlying portfolio can go down your capital is still not at risk as a preferred equity investor, up to a certain limit, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is some, uh, some uh, downside protection. Now, does it have the debt feature of, uh, in terms of risk profile? Not entirely. Uh, going back to uh, what I was saying in terms of flexibility of the product, it does not have a repayment date and it does not have security over the assets. Mm. And as such, uh, if you think of our own investors, a good share of them put us into their private equity allocation. Oh, see. And another share would put us into their private debt allocation. Mm. But uh, many investors cannot put preferred equity into a private debt allocation because it does not have a repayment date and because it does not have security. It's an interesting point you, you raise about um, the investors. Um, typically, what types of investors are looking to get access to preferred equity as a strategy? Uh, typically, investors who are looking for exposure to private equity with uh, downside protection, lower volatility in their returns, and, uh, and usually a shorter duration as well, because preferred equity has access to the first cash flows coming out of the portfolio. So that, that combination of factors makes it attractive to a, a number of prefer, uh, private equity investors. What we see on our side is that uh, it attracts a lot of uh, insurance companies and pension funds. And I mean, in terms of returns as well, um, typically, are they looking for returns that are similar to the type of returns that they might get from committing to a, a secondary strategy, for example? Or is it sim- more similar to a, a private debt strategy in terms of returns? It probably sits in between. Uh, it's a lower risk than a typical secondary investment, uh, which is equity investment. Uh, and it's uh, more equity than a private debt strategy. So that's uh, somewhere in between. Mm. To the best of both worlds. You say it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, looking at um, the secondaries market, could you give us a sense of how preferred equity and 17 Capital as well um, sits within secondaries, um, particularly in terms of, uh, I guess, the types of deals that people are doing and how preferred equity can, can fit into those types yes. of transactions? So as we were saying, the secondary market is growing, it's also maturing, and it's uh, developing a number of uh, instruments and tools to address different kinds of situations. The secondary market goes way beyond the traditional plain vanilla of uh, an LP, uh, the sale of an LP stake into a fund. And we all know that and we've seen a number of, uh, of uh, transaction types uh, going from uh, GP restructurings, continuation funds, uh, which you, you, you uh, regularly cover yourself. What we see now is that uh, the market is, is starting to talk about preferred equity as a component of the secondary market. And you will see uh, some advisors even uh, putting figures in front of it, saying that uh, preferred equity volumes uh, were, for instance, uh, in the range of 3 billion last year uh, for a total market of 70 billion. Uh, which the total uh, secondaries market of 70 billion. Yes. Uh, so that makes uh, uh, people think that the preferred equity market is a component of the uh, secondary market, which it is to some extent when uh, you have secondary buyers financing their acquisition with a preferred equity tranche. It does happen. Uh, now, on our side, uh, we are more working with people who are non-sellers and as such would not count as part of the second, secondary market volume. Mm. And uh, we, uh, we saw close to 10 billion of uh, deal flow last year. Mm. Uh, that deal flow uh, is coming from people who are looking for an alternative as a secondary sale and who would rather keep their portfolio. But on the back of that portfolio, going back to what I was saying, are looking to invest more into an existing portfolio. I'll give you an example. Mm. Uh, we worked with a manager in the US who had raised uh, equity for a portfolio of um, buyout platforms. Uh, once that portfolio was invested, they were looking for more funding to keep on investing into those platforms and fund follow-ons. They eventually decided to go for a uh, preferred equity option, which allowed them to find the money that were looking for to invest into the portfolio, but at the same time was uh, uh, less dilutive for the equity they had raised already, and which is uh, generating higher returns for that, for that equity. We have a senior position. We have a typical preferred equity position into a portfolio of assets. We have seniority over the cash flows until we have a preferred return. The equity gets the vast majority of the upside. That's a transaction that would not have been on the secondary market, of course. Mm. They were not selling the portfolio. They were raising capital for an existing portfolio. So what I'm saying here is that there is a portion of the preferred equity market that is part of the secondary market, and that's probably that $3 billion that is referred to by uh, secondary advisors, but that the preferred equity market goes way beyond that portion of the secondary market. And I think it's actually a side market to the secondary market. So typically when we read advisors and intermediaries reports mm. and they talk about... Um, the size of the preferred equity market in relation to uh, the secondaries market. Mm -hmm. They are talking about secondaries buyers using preferred equity to finance existing or, or secondaries deals that they would embark upon. That's one part of the market. Then there's also the other part of the market, uh, which you're active in as well, uh, which is not counted in that 70-odd billion of deal flow. That's correct, yes. They are, they're, they're actually talking about two things when they talk about preferred equity in the secondaries market. 
I don't want to read their mind, but that's my, uh, that's my own reading. They talk about buyers financing their acquisition with preferred equity. They're also talking about sellers dealing with a preferred equity provider because a traditional secondary sale is probably a bit more remote. And in that case, a preferred equity solution allows the seller to get some cash up front and still get some form of earn out uh, after the uh, preferred equity provider has uh, received a preferred return. Uh, those transactions are part of the secondary market. And the transactions I was referring to which we are focusing on, are on the side of the secondary market. When you're having conversations uh, or working with potential partners on deals, um, is it difficult to explain to them the concept of preferred equity and how it can benefit them? I think the, the matter is not so much to explain what you're doing, but to, to understand what people are looking for mm. and to see if you can adapt to match their objectives. So and to understand what the uh, yes. your clients are looking Ex for? Exactly. Are they sellers? Are they uh, looking to raise capital? They're looking to raise capital. Are they looking to uh, raise as much as they can? Or are they looking for uh, more flexibility? Do they want capital over time? Do they want uh, all of it up front? You know, that sort of questions. You want to, uh, to ask uh, people in front of you to make a transaction happen. With the, the growth of the market uh, comes perhaps increased competition. Perhaps there are other players out there also getting into to preferred equity. I have some uh, data from one of the advisors. Mm -hmm. um, it's a survey of secondaries buyers uh, for 2018 that shows that 31% of buyers did offer a preferred equity solution last year. Mm -hmm. Does that strike you as surprising at all? No, it doesn't. I think uh, in terms of uh, competition, you have two types uh, of uh, competition. One is the pure players. We are a pure player. Uh, there's probably uh, a couple of uh, other pure players on the market. Uh, so uh, I would see that as a, a very uh, uncrowded space. And there are, again, there are different types of uh, preferred equity transactions. And uh, each player is uh, more or less specialized on a spe certain type of uh, preferred equity transaction. Now, you also have the traditional secondary players who uh, see there's a market and, of course, would enter that market uh, with a source of capital that is not necessarily dedicated, but that allows them to do uh, some preferred equity transactions. Now, going back to the type of uh, uh, preferred equity transaction I was referring to, I would uh, think that uh, sec secondary players are offering preferred equity uh, options to traditional sellers or people looking to sell, uh, which is very natural, I think. And uh, if the product has a benefit for uh, uh, people who want to retain their uh, portfolio, it also has a benefit for uh, people who want to sell in some cases. So not too crowded a space just no. yet? No, definitely not. For 17 Capital yourselves, um, you've recently made some hires coming from uh, the debt space. Yes. What can you tell us about that? Going back to the uh, initial definition of uh, preferred equity, uh, that's a source of capital that sits between uh, equity and debt. Now, uh, is debt available for investors in private equity portfolios? Yes, it is, but to a certain extent, and uh, in a number of cases, with uh, recourse to the, uh, to the LPs or recourse to the funds. What we see is that there is a very limited offer of uh, credit financing, uh, NAV-based only, 
with recourse to the assets only as opposed to looking up. And as such, uh, we want to uh, develop the uh, expertise within 17 Capital uh, to uh, be able to uh, offer uh, credit type structuring for uh, financing of uh, private equity uh, portfolios. And yes, we have made some hires uh, with people uh, joining us from uh, 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 JP Morgan, who has a very uh, long-standing and uh, deep experience in uh, fund and portfolio financing. We believe that uh, this will benefit uh, our clients and counterparties by bringing more expertise and more uh, flexibility into our product. And, and will you be working on the one product or can you tell us anything about um, other plans? No. No. <laughs> no problem. Um, looking forward then, um, I'd like to ask you about the potential downturn uh, in the public markets and how that might affect uh, preferred equity. Um, we're you know, uh, going through the, the longest bull run uh, in history mm-hmm. um, and our conversations with the market, uh, everybody is very conscious about the fact that a public downturn could be around the corner uh, and how that could affect um, the secondaries market, for example. How do you factor in that into um, your day-to-day thinking around preferred equity? Well, there's two sides to the coin. The first one is uh, how will it affect our own portfolio? And uh, we believe that the best protection uh, we have uh, is to be invested with high quality managers. And that's really a a key investment criteria for us. Uh, In the end, uh, we are investors into portfolios managed by GPs. And GP selection is absolutely key in our investment strategy. The other side of the coin is uh, deal flow uh, and how it will affect deal flow. Uh, The good thing uh, about uh, starting a business in 2008 is that uh, we've gone through a a pretty deep crisis already. And what we have seen is that uh, uh, at the time, people looking for liquidity, of course, were finding it uh, difficult to obtain. uh, And uh, when they did find it, uh, not necessarily attractive. We all uh, remember the times where uh, uh, discounts on the secondary market were extremely punitive Mm. uh, and people were reluctant sellers. During those years, uh, what we could uh, offer as a preferred equity provider was really an alternative to a sale by uh, giving partial liquidity to someone who could avoid uh, selling uh, their portfolio on the secondary market but at the same time still get the liquidity they were looking for. In today's bull market, we are offering more additional capital on the back of existing portfolios for people to uh, keep investing or invest more. I think when we see a a turn of the cycle, we will probably revert to uh, more situations where uh, preferred equity will be a good solution for people looking for liquidity. So it could uh, help drive deal flow, you mean? Absolutely, yes. Mm. Absolutely. It will be a a different uh, type of deal flow. It will still be a a very substantial deal flow, yes. Mm. Are you holding on to any uh, dry powder um, in anticipation of that situation? Not in anticipation. As a manager, we need to make sure that we do have dry powder to seize the deal flow that's coming to us. Our deal flow is accelerating uh, by the year. It has never been uh, so strong uh, in 2018, which was a record year for us, both in terms of deal flow and in terms of investing. Uh, 2019 is off to a very strong start again, and it's very promising. So uh, we are investing the funds that we have because we believe we have the right opportunities for our investors. Now, uh, if we need more dry powder, at some point we need to raise the next one. (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) 
Great. And lastly, uh, Augustin, I'd like to turn it over to you. Um, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but uh, giving your sort of outlook uh, for the preferred equity uh, market, what do you, what changes do you see happening? What new types of deals? Um, how do you see preferred equity evolving, say, in the next uh, three to five years? One thing that we see on the market is a sort of a reflection of the evolution of the secondary market. If you think of what we've done uh, initially, we've provided an alternative to a sale of a portfolio of a on the secondary market for, uh, for, for investors. Now, one development that you see and that you report regularly on is uh, GPs uh, selling uh, minority stakes to buyers, to new specialized buyers, who would raise uh, very large dedicated funds for that purpose. So people like Dial Capital, Peters Hill. Exactly, yes. Now, some of those uh, sellers, some of those GPs might, uh, might be looking for alternative sources of uh, funding, uh, again, on the back of their GP balance sheet, which is uh, usually to a large extent made of commitments into their own funds meaning that uh, they have exposure to uh, their underlying uh, portfolios. Uh, uh, and as such, preferred equity can be a very good alternative to a sale of an equity stake in a, in, in a management company. So uh, we see preferred equity as uh, being uh, an attractive source of funding that avoids diluting the equity of the GP. Mm. Has 17 Capital done any GP interest? Uh, We've, done few, yes. deals? We've done a few, yes. We've done a few. As a matter of fact, we have, done, uh, we have uh, financed GP from uh, the early days. Uh, we have uh, done a number of uh, GP financing transactions. Um, and uh, we see that uh, as a developing segment of our market, yes. Mm. Any other outlooks in addition to that? I think, uh, generally speaking, the volume of the preferred equity market will grow with the offer. What we have seen on our side is that the, uh, the growth of the market has been sort of hindered by the availability of uh, funds uh, for uh, preferred equity uh, takers, so to say. And the more uh, funds are available on the market, I think the more takers there will be. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, would, I would see the, the preferred equity market as uh, developing with uh, more funds being available. Well, you heard it uh, first here on PEI Spotlight. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Adam. That again was Augustin Duhamel from 17 Capital. If you want to hear more episodes of the Spotlight podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and across PEI Media's various titles online. With Private Equity International, I'm Adam Lay. Thanks for listening.